So it's, it's, you know, you, you figure it out over time. I think when you're starting out, you want action and it's exciting and you want to get rich quick, but you know, getting wealthy is, it's a long process. It takes years and decades and you gotta, you gotta live to see another day. You gotta live to fight another day. You can't, you can't lose a bulk of your capital. You can't lose like half your account and then you got to get a hundred percent gain just to get back to break even. And it's just a demoralizing thing. And <laughs> you just have to really just stay positive and, and, and staying out of the market, I think helps me remain positive. It helps me remain calm. This is the How to Trade Stocks Options Podcast, brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com, where we cover finance, stocks, options, entrepreneurship, education, and money. And here's your host, voted one of the top 100 people in finance, Christopher Ewell. Hey there, traders. Welcome back to today's How to Trade Stocks Options Podcast. I have three special free gifts for you over at 10MinuteStockTrader.com. That's the Triple Stock Profits ebook you can get for free. That's a bullish power cheat sheet that you can get for free. And if that wasn't enough, at the brand new web class, How to Easily Discover Proven Backtested 100% Plus Winners, that is for free as well. You can get these three free gifts, all yours, at 10MinuteStockTrader.com. The Triple Stock Profits ebook, the free web class, and the bullish power cheat sheet. And all you got to do is go to 10MinuteStockTrader.com. Markets are people. People are predictable. Outlier can show you how to track market fear and greed with artificial intelligence on over 1,300 of the largest market cap names. Visit outlier.com to learn more. That's O-V-T-L-Y-R.com. They have a free pilot program for the rest of 2021 so you can get access to right now at O-V-T-L-Y-R.com. That's O-V-T-L-Y-R.com. Hey, make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you'll be notified every time we give you more tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter every single week. Hey there, traders. Welcome to today's How to Trade Stocks Options podcast. Today, we have a very special guest on the line, Ryan Pierpont. Ryan is a, a very, very accomplished trader, and I know that we are going to be learning a ton from Ryan today. Uh, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on the line. Christopher, I, I appreciate you having me. I'm, I'm honored to be here and I'm looking forward to chatting. Oh man, uh, the the honor really is all mine. I mean, for example, uh, I believe if I don't have this wrong, you placed in the top three for the last two years in the U.S. Investing Championship. Is that correct? That's correct. Every, oh, once, in a, every once in a while, a blind squirrel finds a nut. <laughs> well, well, with that being said, I know that you went through a lot of... Uh, you know, tribulation to achieve those goals. It didn't just happen. One of my quotes that I say all the time is success doesn't happen on accident, right? There was probably a lot that went into the fact that you came in top three, two years in a row. Tell me a little bit about that. Tell me a little bit about you and, and how you got to this point, man. That, that's quite the accomplishment. Sure. So uh, my stock journey didn't really start until about 2008. I was really interested in, in the penny stock realm because I didn't know anything at the time. And, and, Yahoo Finance was kind of my go-to webpage. And so back then, I don't know if for people that are old enough to remember, they would have message boards um, in the finance section of Yahoo. And, and that's kind of where the peanut gallery kind of hung out. And a lot of the stocks that were talked about were, were penny stocks and things that were really moving. And <clears throat> you get suckered into the pump and dumps and you watch your, your position go from two cents to for the next day and you double your money and you'd have the biggest smile on your face. And the next day the rug gets pulled and <laughs> the money went poof. 
So I, I spent uh, about a year doing that in 2008, which was, you know, a beautiful time to start the start my market journey. And uh, needless to say, I didn't really get too far and lost my few grand that I put in and took a couple of years off and really wanted to focus on my my career. I was just getting started out of college and in corporate finance. I graduated in 2005. So, you know, the first four or five years in my career, I was really trying to you know, make a name for myself and, and, you know, meet some people, build some relationships in the work world. And then, so after that debacle in, in 2008, I went back to the drawing board and, and, and found this book I had from college on, on options. And, and one of my professors, I remember was kind of going through different option strategies. And so I decided to dive into that again and, and take a look at it. And I found when I was doing some research online, a site where they kind of give you picks in the mail and your email, not every night, but you know, hey, we think Goldman Sachs is going to be a, a short below X price. You can buy X amount of calls, six, you know, 65 calls at, at this price. And, and so I was kind of just waiting with bated breath uh, for those emails to come through. And I got really lucky that first go around because things were kind of bottoming after the, the 08, 09 uh, debacle. And, and I thought I was a genius and, you know, I'd never seen any sort of like explosion in my account before. <laughs> I thought it was the greatest thing ever. And, and what do you usually do after a great period when you don't know any better? You you keep hitting the pedal to the metal, and and uh, I, I learned the hard way that that's not how it works in the market. And I spent the next three or four or five years giving that money back the, from the first year, and so that was really when the wake up call hit, and and I really wanted to dive into it some more. I found O'Neill's book, um, which is a great foundation. Um, I read some other books on technical analysis. And, and I was, as I was researching that online, like which books to read, I, I came across, you know, Dan Zanger's story, we turned his 11, 10 or 11 K into 18 million, which then went on to like 42. Um, I think at the, the peak of his move in the, in the dot-com boom. And that really, and his story was great because he didn't have a background in, in, you know, corporate finance or wall street or anything like that. He was a, he classified himself as a ski bum and, and I was like, wow, this guy, you know, really put in the effort to, and he was a pool contractor after that. I think he was doing like ski bum stuff, he would say at the early start. And then he kind of graduated into his own pool contractor business. He was building pools in Beverly Hills and, and things like that. And, and I was like, man, this guy didn't even have a background in finance, but he's incredibly successful. So that kind of drove me to say, hey, I want to dive into this a little farther and and see what what makes him tick and and why he's so successful. And that's when I found you know, Dan side and, and his right-hand man, Randy, who's incredible. And he's been one of my big influences in my career. And one of the main reasons why I've had so much success since those early years. And um, so I really wanted to pick their brains and figure out what their style is. And I went through a period of really learning about different styles in the market. There's no right or wrong way. The only right way is if you make money consistently doing whatever you're doing. So you can be a pullback trader. You can be a breakout trader. Um, people trade futures. There's no, I mean, I don't want to try and preach one thing to people versus another. I think it's one of those self-discovery things you have to do when you go through and, and try and figure out what fits your personality. Some people are really good at sitting and holding and doing nothing for multiple quarters and years and on the same position and, and others like to swing trade or maybe day trade. And so I went through that kind of process, but that's the stuff that Dan was doing really resonated with me. And that's really, I really got into it. And, and uh, it was interesting because I knew I loved it, but 
and I, I really wanted to be an expert at depicting how the market moves, looking at these patterns that develop over time. You know, the news is different throughout the years, but these patterns, if you go back and look at all the big winners over time, they just, they're very similar and they repeat and they repeat and they repeat over and over again. So learning how to find an edge and, and try and extrapolate money from the market when your edge is in favor, which is only a few times a year. And, and so I was trying to dive into that and, and learn the technicals, but I was still losing money. <laughs> So I really wanted to go back and, and dive into why that was. And that's when Randy kind of really ingrained in my head that it's more to just identifying buy setups and, and price patterns. It's, it's more about the process and developing a routine, um, not running away from your mistakes. Hey, if you're making mistakes, let's go back and do a, a deep dive and see what's going wrong and, and maybe address some of those. And, and, and that, cause I think that's how you help turn the corner and, in the market. But um, so anyway, I, I spent the first four to five years doing a lot of paying my market tuition and learning, but I loved it so much. And, and I developed a, a true passion for it. And so I've, it's been a grind ever since then. And I, I just really enjoy doing it. So sorry, I was Dude, rambling on, but that is awesome. I, one of the things I tell people all the time is I spent six, eight years paying my market tuition, like literally that phrase. I am so glad you said that. Tell me, you know, I wrote down at least another half page of notes, man. All right. So my trading journey began a lot with um, a trading book from college. It's, you and I have way more similarities than you think right now. I worked in corporate finance for a decade. My trading journey started with an options uh, college book. I'll tell you that story there. I was, uh, I was in corporate finance one day. I overheard somebody talking about uh, Deutsche Bank and he's like, hey, listen, if you feel so strongly that Deutsche Bank is going to go down, the two other people talking, he was like, why don't you go out and buy puts on it? And I was like, I know I've heard the word puts before, but I have no memory of this. So uh, I was one of those nerds who kept all my textbooks like right there on my desk. So I reached over and I grabbed my, you know, finance for managers or whatever it was uh, textbook and I pull it out. And it's one of those books that, you know, it's got 900 pages, right? You sit on the desk and, you know, the earth shakes a little bit. And in that <laughs> book, there were, there were only two tabs. And one of the tabs was for bonds, which I always tell people bonds are wacky that the way that, you know, price goes up when yields go down and all that stuff. And uh, the other tab was for options. And I remember opening that page and finding the textbook definition for a put, you know, where it says uh, the price of the put will go up as the price of the underlying stock goes down. And like that moment was when my trading journey really started. So that's so funny that you and I had almost the exact same experience there. And, you know, you talked about the, uh, the first year or so when you actually found success, you then spent the next four to five years giving it back. And that really resonated with me as well, because um, uh, I'm sure you're aware of uh, Trading in the Zone by Mark Douglas. Uh, he talks about that euphoria you get as, as uh, you know, even, that can even start with one winning trade. And then people just don't know how to control their risk after that point. So, man, that was so cool hearing all that. And then I loved how you talked about how you found a mentor like Dan Zanger, like O'Neill, vicariously through a book. And you said to yourself, hey, man, if this guy can do it, so can I. That's so impactful and so inspiring. And that, that's one of the reasons I love talking with successful traders like you on the podcast is because it's like, you're human just like everybody else. But there, there's a disconnect, right? People don't, don't understand that you, they really can have the exact same kind of uh, 
well, maybe not exact, but they can also have success and not blow up with every, you know, Wall Street bets trade that there is. <laughs> so, man, that is so, so cool. And just the fact that you actually said market tuition really was fun. I don't know if you saw my face light up on that, because that, that's literally one of my things that I say. <laughs> so, so, all right. So you've come along this way. You've learned a lot. You're putting uh, plans into place. How did you get started with the idea that you're like, you know what, I'm ready. I think I can join the championship, right? Uh, I I've listened to your other interviews and you talked about how you played, uh, sports in the past and how it was like going up level to level. This is a big level. I mean, you're up here playing with the, the brightest, most funded people in the world. What, what got you behind your back to say, you can do this, Ryan. No, it's a great question. And yeah, like you mentioned, I'm a competitive person. I love playing sports growing up. And, um, but the thing I love about the stock market is there's no barrier to entry. Um, if you're in a business, maybe there's certain hurdles you have to overcome. There's big competition, whatnot. But in trading or investing, the competition is yourself. So people may who aren't familiar with the market may look on the outside. Oh, it's rigged. It's all driven by you know the big boys and girls with all the money. You can't succeed. But us quote unquote little guys, we have all the advantage in the world. We don't have to be invested in the market every day. If you're running a fund, you can sit in cash for months throughout the year if it if the market requires it. Um, maybe your position sizes aren't like massive in the millions of dollars where um, you have liquidity issues like some of these bigger because when you have when you're an individual trader, most folks you know can get in and out of a lot of stocks pretty easily. But if you're a running a fund, the the amount of stocks that you can actually invest in just shrinks dramatically because there's liquidity issues and you have to, you're forced to kind of buy like the apples and the Googles of the world. And, um, but anyhow, I, I just really, <clears throat> my parents kind of raised me with like a never just do what you love to do. And, and I have like a never say die attitude and, and perseverance, I think was a, a big key. And, um, I, you know, I was really confident in my abilities to like, depict the part, a price chart, the technicals, um, diving into fundamentals, how they play a part and how stocks move, you know, stocks with, ideally you want to find stocks if it's not a biotech or some other sort of stock that trades on different uh, factors. But, you know, if you, if you look at some stocks that have like insane <clears throat> sales growth, like I want to focus on those. They may not have earnings yet because um, you can't really cut your way. A company may have great earnings, but it doesn't mean they're going to sustain it because some companies have great earnings through like cost cutting. You can't cost cut your way to prosperity. You have to have the top line always on the offensive and growing. So that's kind of step one is focusing ideally on the stocks that, that make big moves with strong sales growth. You know, the Googles, you know, coming out um, even Amazon, you know, they're growing like weeds, but they never really had earnings for all those years, but the stock was anticipating those earnings to come down the funnel. And it was just on a massive move over the years. And so you try to try and figure out I'm, I always love looking at price. I don't want to consider myself like a price snob, if you will. But at the end of the day, that's that's what makes money in your account is, is depicting the patterns. And But fundamentals do play a big part. I don't want to discount those at all. I, I try and when I go through my watch list at night, figure out you know what stocks have the biggest, um, the best fundamentals, because that just helps add to your conviction. Uh, maybe you know the story, uh, if it's some sort of company you're familiar with that also adds conviction. So over time, you want to learn to stack multiple things in your favor, um, whether you look at indicators or fundamentals. And so that kind of helps with um, putting the probabilities and behind your back. But anyhow, going back to 
um, after those struggles, I, I really was pretty confident in my abilities. And then once I kind of had got a handle on the next step after the technical discovery was more around the process, the managing emotions. And that's where Douglas's book was awesome. Cause you know, he's just really dove in, um, and wanted to figure out, you know, if, you, if you're struggling emotionally, that's a great book to kind of go back and read. Cause then you're not, you're never afraid of what's going to happen in the market. If you can, if you just know that, Hey, I've, I've got my plan in place. I know my limits. If the stock up gaps down 10, 20, 30% tomorrow, am I invested? Do I have too much in there? Do I not? Am I positioned correctly? So once you know, you know, your stop zones and, and all that stuff, you shouldn't be fearful. He would kind of say, it's like you, any outcome should not be a surprise. And so learning to kind of figure out, Hey, I've just had seven losers in a row. Why am I keep firing at the buy button? I still struggle with that to this day. I have great spurts for months on end. And then every now and then I'll get off track and, and I'm, I'm not a expert or a guru. I'm, tr I'm trying to really work on it and keep, keep going and going and going. And, and you just really want to improve every year. So I feel like after those first four years, I felt like I was confident enough um, where I was starting to turn the corner. I was more consistent and, and doing less is really more because there's only, I always kind of joke with folks. There's only a couple, two or three good times a year where where things are working and and it's so hard to sit and do nothing because <laughs> my personality is I, especially now, like you, you've got so much knowledge acquired over the last decade plus, you think you can just pick apart any sort of pattern and you're just playing more, more than you should. And, and I always joke that action buys always usually end in regret. So anytime mm -hmm. I think I can dive into something and make a few bucks one day to the next, I always end up losing. <laughs> mm -hmm. So so it's really a lesson. It kind of, I was doing a lot of that. You'd make money in the beginning and then you give it back. You make money and you give it back. So you're, you weren't really making any progress. You're just digging yourself out of the hole. You just dug yourself into instead of compounding. You know, I always love that quote that the great traders always say, you want to compound gains, not compound mistakes. And so you'll, you'll get hit a bunch of times when you start. And then there's, there's that uncle point. Like I kind of consider it like the uncle point. You're just so sick and tired of losing. I should have probably discovered that earlier. <clears throat> it took me four or five years, but I finally got to the point where like, this is not working. So let's stop doing the same thing over and over again. That's the definition of like insanity, right? So you start to tackle and dive into your mistakes. Hey, why am I, you know, you start to journal too. I think journaling is, I haven't done it a lot lately, to be honest, but journaling is great. You go back and, and you put the chart here. Here's where I bought it. Here's what the chart looked like. That's um, great to kind of, pick apart your stats too, but it's just like, go back and look at the visuals. Like, why was I buying into like massive distribution and there was no setup? Um, you start to get the visual picture in your head and it sticks a lot better than saying, telling yourself, oh, I'm not going to do it again. I, I just know I won't. And then you make the same mistake five days later. Yeah. You, you have a memory of a goldfish, you forget. And <laughs> um, I, I think it's good to have a short memory in trading, but it's also good to go back and look at, you don't want to just sweep your mistakes under the rug, as I mentioned, but yeah, uh, I, I, I feel like I was just confident enough. Once I had the process down, you go through the routines. Hey, are you consistent on the weekends? You're combing through charts. You put stuff on your watch list. You have a routine during the day, the market day. Hey, if there's nothing on my watch list, why am I even looking at the market? You comb through at night, see what the developments were for the day. Cause each day you get puzzle pieces kind of put on the chart and, and you try to depict and, and wait for those times where the probabilities are in your favor. 
Um, people always joke too that, oh, these technical analysis, these technical analysts, they they think they can predict where price is going. It's like, no, that's not what <laughs> TA is all about. We Nobody knows what's going to happen next. I certainly don't know what's going to happen next. I'm wrong a lot. Um, but what TA helps with is, is aligning all the probabilities in your favor. Um, so you kind of have you're not buying in the middle of no man's land on a chart um, where you kind of have a higher probability of getting whipped around maybe. So it's just one big package I found that it's really probably 80% mental. Mental meaning, do you have patience? Are you following your plan? Are you taking quality setups? And then versus, you know, another 20% is probably technical, but I think, especially in my early years, I had it flipped. And I wasn't really diving into the process part of that. So that's where I really turned it around. And sorry, this is a really long-winded answer to say, I, I finally mustered up the confidence and the, uh, I felt like I had the total package together after that, you know, year five, six to where I was kind of starting to see progress. And, and uh, I felt I was confident enough to dive into the, the championship and, and see how you stack up against other folks. And, and I am a competitive person. And I think, you know, it also helps, Helps help me trade better because you know you know people are watching and not that you should, not that it should be any different if you're not in any contest and you're in your own room and trading by yourself or investing by yourself. You should be doing the same things, the right things anyway. But there's that aspect too. But it was just a lot of fun and and um, there's great traders in the competition uh, who've been doing this years that run circles around me in terms of <laughs> market knowledge. But uh, yeah, I saw Dan. You know he was a pool contractor. He made it work. And I don't have a background in, you know, on wall street, or I don't know the inner workings of how these big institutions work. I know they do it a lot differently. They're maybe not looking at charts. They have a fundamental um, analysis that they look at and they, they crunch the numbers. And if stock XYZ shows a value of like 200 for them and the stocks at 150, they think it's, you know, undervalued. So they're just going to buy it without even looking at a chart type of thing. But um I don't have any background in any of that stuff. I just saw Dan's story and some of the other stories like Mark's story, um, which were really inspiring. So that really just, just lit the fire under me to, to just take a shot and, and see, um, see how it goes. And, and I was fortunate enough to, to take advantage of when the market was giving. And, and the idea is consistency too, right? You don't want to just have a good period and then completely throw it away. Because <laughs> you've seen a lot the last three months or so, you'd see ch charts that would set up bases for like four or five, six months. And the bases would look amazing. And then all it took, it took four months for the base to build, but then it took four days for it to completely be destroyed. <laughs> so yeah. at any given moment, you know, you, you could trip up. And so you really want to, the name of the game is consistency. You know, once you have your edge is, can you do it repeatedly over and over and over and over and over again, you're going to get off track a little bit here and there. I did that a little bit last year, but you really, the people that can really snap out of it quickly and then keep marching on the same path that they were on. I think those are the people that are really going to succeed. And um, so it's really about longevity. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And mm -hmm. people will get upset sometimes if the market's kind of squirrely or like it is right now. And, and they were used to making money in 2020 and parts of 2021. And 2021 was more of a normal market. Mm -hmm. um, even then, it was kind of just like a grind. Like if you look at indexes, it was kind of like a grind all the way up, maybe some spills and chills here and there. But um, a lot of stocks were telling a different story. And so, um, anyhow, I'm rambling again, but it's all about, it's all about consistency. Once you go through the education process, find a mentor, you have to do the deep dive. I had the foundation of O'Neill and, and Dan's kind of style, but I, over time, I, I wasn't satisfied with that. I want to dive in deeper. Hey, are there any other like 
edges in here that I found over the years by coming through thousands of charts that will help me out. And so you want to put your own spin on things that, that kind of mold your personality too. So, um, but the contest was fun. I had a blast doing it. Like I said, I'm a competitive guy and, uh, you like to see how you stack up to other folks. So no, this is really great. Actually. Um, I can see how your, your interview with Richard went for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm a rambler. I'm, I give you I'm a, a professional uh, uh, mumbler. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's good. Good. I'll give you a pitch and you'll just keep swinging at it. It's okay. It's all good. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm very undisciplined when it comes to my delivery. It's like you get like the million likes and ums and you knows and no, so no, no. It's, it's all good, that. man. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, you mentioned something earlier. I went through the exact same experience and, um, it was the fact that there was one day when, you know, again, I had a loser. And um, by the way, one of the things I get a lot of feedback for on this show is the fact that we aren't the typical like uh, I, like a, 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 a raw raving type of, of show. It's more of like, let's talk about your mistakes and let's learn all about them together. Right. Because I feel if I can help somebody else save, you know, a couple thousand dollars, maybe on a mistake by relaying my experience, then it was totally worth it. And I get a lot of really, really good feedback for that. But with that being said, there was a point in time where I had just taken another loser and I was, I was like sick. I was like, I am so sick of losing. Right. And it was exactly what you said earlier. I, I circled it on my paper here and it was, I had learned trading from the people on the internet, which is, you know, the only way to learn apparently. And their style of trading was the sell options out of the money, high, high probability uh, setups there. And I could not make money. I was like, how can I have an 80 plus percent win rate? Cause I did, but I constantly lost money. And I was like, how, how I can't be the only one that is having this. Right. And so it took me at least a year to unlearn how to do all that. Right. You look at a chart and you're Immediately, these people would be, they, they call themselves contrarian traders, right? There, There is no trend to them. Like they actually, quote, had data one day that was like, this proves that there are no such things as trends. And I'm like, are you freaking serious? Like, where are you getting this data from? This is baloney. And um, anyway, so when a stock would be going up, they would, uh, you know, sell calls against it. When a stock is going down, but they'd be selling puts against it. And then when I realized, hey, wait a minute. If I go with the stock and I trend trade with the stock, I seem to be making more money than going the other way. And I was like, okay, well, that was one light bulb that I finally had. What else could I learn? Right. And I kind of went on this, this journey. And, and one day I was interviewing Steve Burns. You maybe know Steve Burns. He's, he's got like a million Twitter followers at this point. Really, really sweet guy. And, um, this was like off air and he, uh, I've talked to him like 20 times, such a great guy. And he was like, you know, Chris, I used to trade that that way too. And then I realized that I actually wanted to make money. And um, that one like chopped me in the throat. Like I lost my windpipe on that one. I was like, damn it, Steve, you hit me hard there, dude. So I went down the rabbit hole of the, the trend following, right? Like um, uh, Michael Covell's books, uh, the turtle traders, the um, I learned actually directly from a few of the market wizards, um, including uh, Larry Height, which you remind me a lot of Larry Height, by the way. Um, so it was really cool to, to learn from these people, right. That actually were successful instead of somebody who is trying to prove that their point works, which I could tell never did actually work. But one thing that you brought up on, on a different interview, 
and where I was going with this is that initially I felt that the high win rate scenarios were the only way to be successful, right? I, I took, I drank the Kool-Aid. I was like, I need to have an 80 plus percent win rate. And uh, when I realized I could not make money doing that, and then I talked to all these other successful traders who had a 40, 50, 60% win rate, that that was normal. And then when I heard your interview where you said you had a 28% win rate and we're still top three US investing champion, I'm like, I need to talk about that to him because that's like almost like the entire swing, right? If you're looking at 28% win rate and I was looking at an 80% win rate, that's like literally the exact opposites. And so uh, my win rate for 2021 was 51%. And so I'm I'm a stickler. Like, like you were talking about earlier, like keeping track of everything. I marked down every entry, every exit, everything, right? Position size. I want to know where I went right and where I went wrong. So tell me more about what you what you do as far as your your own analysis. And then tell me how in the world can you be successful if you only win on a 28% win rate? Yeah, going back to the options, I never started making money until I stopped trading options. So who would have thought, right? I, you know, I'm not gonna. I know there's people out there that are exceptional at doing it. Um, it's just for me, I just had a really bad experience. So it was just one of those things I said I'd never, I'd never do again. But this is where Randy really kind of opened my eyes in terms of it's just one big math game. So you can't have with my accuracy really low. You need to have two things happen. You need to cut your losses relentlessly, very small. So normally people will say, uh, let's have 1% of your total equity is like mm -hmm. a stop. So um, I don't even usually let it get that big. It's like maybe a half percent, quarter percent. I'll, I'll, I want to try and like my edge, I feel like it's, I find really tight price entries when volatility contracts, similar to what Mark does, different degrees. Um, but essentially that's it. You wait for those times and that, that way you have a really small area a stop area to find out if you're wrong. And so what Randy would teach is say, say it's one big series of trades. So if you talk in terms of like reward versus risk, like five to one, like Paul Tudor Jones always says it, maybe some people say, Hey, three to one. If you stick to that and, and wait for those quality setups, you can have like a minus one, minus one, minus one, lose three in a row. Then it's like plus six, mm -hmm. minus one, minus one, plus 20, minus one, minus one, minus one, minus one plus 42. So you, in the accuracy department, you're getting smoked, but you have to let the winners run. If you talk to a lot of people that are successful over the years, I'm sure they'll tell you they made a majority of their money on like one or two stocks, um, maybe a few and each year. And that's no different. Like last year I had a, like in 2020, I had a, a few really good stocks that treated me well. And same thing last year, I had a couple good trades and those things pay for a million losers. And so mm -hmm. you can't, what I had a hard time doing in, in the beginning was, and I still kind of struggle with really letting a winner go to its fullest potential. I mean, there's a lot of variables in play, the, the general market dynamics um, right now, it's kind of hard for that, but if you're coming off a bottom, a big bottom in an index, it's a little easier to hold for the long haul, but anyhow, so I was really choking off my winners in the early days, like too soon, because you'd be so used to losing <laughs> and you would never cut your losses either. You would just kind of your hope that it would come back and you would ignore your stops and, and they never came back. And then when you finally get a winner, you're like, oh my gosh, I've had so many losers in a row. I just need to, I need to lock in a, a winner just for like my, my sanity, but that's just not the right way to do it. And, and 
I've learned to embrace that I'm never probably going to be over 50%. I mean, I'm going to strive to do it. And I really want to trade less because my overtrading is my biggest weakness by far. And it's just in terms of overtraining, it's not taking quality setups. It's just taking random um, updates. You know, you get off track here or there. So I'm really trying to tighten that up. I've been working on that the last few years. And um, but yeah, it's just one big math game. You can go minus one, minus one, minus one, minus one, plus 50, minus one, minus one, plus four, minus one, plus six, minus one, minus one, minus one, plus six, 62 or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, all you need is a couple of good winners per year, but you can't choke them off too soon. So I think that's where people go wrong is they let their winners die too prematurely. Hey, if you can't sleep at night, cause you're antsy, you have a profit, you don't want to give it back. Maybe just reduce some. And, you know, Mark will say sell half yeah. that way. If it goes up, um, you're pissed that you don't have as much, but it's still going up. And if it goes back against you, you're glad you sold. So it's kind of a win-win situation. So I started to kind of embrace that and just embrace that it's one big math game. And and it's not like calculus either. It's just simple math. (laughs) Um, And I think that's really where, you know, diving into your trade review. And I I admit, I haven't done it as much lately. I probably should. Um, But it's just diving in and your trading is telling you how you're doing. Like, Hey, here's what you're really good at. You can identify certain setups you're good at. Um, here's the ones you stink at. Maybe don't do that as much. <laughs> um, and I'll say too, kind of on a side tangent, you want to learn all sorts of different things throughout the years, like all these different strategies, but I would say don't learn anything new on the technical side, unless you perfected one thing. Like if you want to perfect like breakouts, just look at breakouts. Don't try and deal with pullbacks at all until you've actually perfected the breakouts. Then once you get consistent at that, then you can go ahead and, and learn something new, maybe on a technical side. But for me, I just want to focus on like a couple of things. And then what I want to really continue to learn on and and improve is like the actual implementation of execution and discipline. That's where I think a lot of people, and that's what helps drive consistency over the years is, is being disciplined and really waiting. And um, so that's really what opened my eyes the last four or five years too, and trying to focus more of my efforts on that rather than the other stuff. But, um, no, it's, it's all great. Actually. I love that, that point you're making right there because Richard Dennis, so I give webinars every other week. And, um, one of the key things that I, I, I like really try and drill into people is, uh, consistency and discipline. Richard Dennis, uh, who created the whole turtle experiment, uh, he has a quote that says I could put my rules on the front page of the wall street journal, but nobody would follow them because they don't have consistency and discipline. Right. And so I like, before I go into anything in my webinars, I always try and drill the fact I will give you the rules, but unless you have consistency and discipline, it's not going to matter. Exactly. But I love your game analogy. And, and I, I say that constantly, like, like when I tell people trading is like a game, they don't believe me. They don't get it. They don't, they don't want to get it right. They want to think that it's harder than it has to be because that that's the way it's projected. Right. And so my, my analogy that I like to use is it's like playing Mario, right? Let's say your objective is to go capture the princess. Okay. And so you, uh, you start on level one and you get to halfway to level one and you die. That's like having a loser. You get to halfway to level one and you die. And that's like having a loser. And then you figure out, Oh, if I jump that turtle or if I go down that one pipe, Hey, I'll continue on. So you go and you go a little bit further on the next time. Right. And then you get a small winner. And you just repeat and you repeat and you repeat. And it's it's the keeping your losses short when you have to restart the game. And then you let your, your winners run when you can actually go capture the princess. It's <laughs> a good analogy. <laughs> it's exactly that. When people embrace that analogy, it's totally easier. Yeah, it's it's true. And and uh, I again I've just embraced the fact that 
it's okay to be wrong. And there's certain people out there, maybe in certain professional fields that they feel the need to be right all the time because that's what their field has kind of trained them. (coughs) Black or white, you're either right or you're wrong. And so they, they have a really hard time, you know, trying to debunk that. And I think that's really where people can turn the corner too, is getting rid of that mentality. Like I have to be right. I have to be right No, It's fine. You can be wrong a lot, <laughs> um, but you can't be cutting those winners too prematurely. And you can't be ignoring the stop. You have, I mean, you have to cut your stocks. Yeah. Trust your stops, not your stocks. Or right. Is a saying I love. And yeah, and, I like uh, that. You know, just, on that, you have when to you cut have things relentlessly, like Dan would always say, I love this quote. One of my favorite quotes is like the best racehorses don't go back into the start. Yes. Game. I know that quote. I think I heard that from, uh, not Dan Zing. I heard it from, uh, David Ryan, but yeah, yeah. Probably yeah, got it from each other. It's, yeah. It's, it's true. Cause like if, if the stock is at a key technical level and it's not doing what you think it's doing, because that's why you bought it, then why are you going to sit there and dilly dally and you can sell it. And then if it works again the next day or two days later, then just buy it back. But um, that's just me. But, <laughs> you know, I, I try to explain to people when I, I work with them one on one. It's like when you open your portfolio, you should see if you have anything, because there's times when you have zero trades on and it may be months or weeks. And that sitting in cash can be the hardest trade because you want to do something. But if you're not your setups aren't Absolutely. there, you're not there. But what I tell people is that, like, when you open your portfolio, it should be normal to see it stacked with winners that's that is normal if it's stacked with losers you're doing something wrong like for me when i have a loser it usually happens one or two or three days after i put it on and i'm putting it on my smallest position size and then it's gone and i don't think about it again but i think having the lower win rate honestly to me actually may have an easier psychology to it because it's like, Hey, you know what? If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't care. I'm expecting to lose, you know, half the time, or I'm expecting to lose in, in the, the 28% win rate case, right? I'm expecting to lose three out of four. So, Hey, if this isn't working, I know where this is going. I better get rid of it real fast. Right. And so the pressure of having, I need a bunch of winners goes away. Yeah. I, I always psychologically, I always assume every trade is just going to lose and I'm going to get, I'm going to eat it. And it helps me because I don't want to go in with the exact opposite mindset. You could have an amazing setup and then you buy it and you don't even think about the loss. You're like, okay, this is going to go to the moon. And then you buy it, you get excited. Maybe it comes out for a couple of days and then it gaps down below your buy point or whatever. And you get stopped out mm-hmm. <laughs> even a bigger loss than you yeah. were expecting maybe. <laughs> and, and so you don't want to set yourself up for that psychological failure. I want to set myself up to where it's only, onward and upward from here. I'm already, st- already assuming at the baseline that it's going to stop me out. So unless it gaps to zero <laughs> and yeah. maybe you know, that scenario <laughs> in your head, but I don't think like a Tesla or an Apple is going to gap to zero anytime soon. Well, but- I like what you said there too. That reminded me of uh, Ed Sakota. And uh, he, somebody asked him one time, he said, um, Hey Ed, when you put this trade on, what do you expect it to do? And he goes, well, I hope it goes to the moon, like every trade I put on, but if it doesn't, then I'm going to get out with a small loss. And you kind of have to think of it that way, right? I hope that it wins, but if it doesn't, I don't care. I'm just going to move on. Exactly. Yeah. You have to keep your uh, psychological um, strength at its fullest. So it's, it's not easy. It's, you know, people always talk about mental capital. I feel like it's one of those cliche things, mental capital versus monetary. But it's cliche for a reason because it's so damn important. Yes. Um, you don't want to ever, you know, self-sabotage yourself so much to where you have zero confidence. And then because if you have zero confidence, good luck in making money and, and you're not yeah. going to trust your system and you're, you're like, oh, my system stinks. 
and then you go away from it and, and then you try something new and then what you saw working is now going to go out of favor and what you just ditched is now going to start working, but you just ditched it. So you're <laughs> well, the timeless, and- the timeless patterns and everything. Um, they are timeless for a reason, you know, uh, like Larry Hyatt used them back when he first got to the first billion dollar hedge fund and his exact same, you know, trending strategies will still work today and they'll still work for 50 years. Cause that's the only way that price moves from, uh, you know, 50 to a hundred. It is, it has to trend. That's fact. Printing new and, highs. <laughs> yeah. It, breaking into new highs. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned cliches. That reminds me. So I've, I've had a real pleasure to talk to both Jack Schwager and Mark Minervini on the podcast. And they both relayed the story of when, uh, Mark was being interviewed by Jack and, and Jack stopped the recording. And he said, Mark, listen, you got to give me something new. You're telling me the exact same stuff that every other market wizard before you has said. And Mark looked at Jack square in the face. And he's like, that's because it works. <laughs> it's true. It's cliche because it works. Exactly. Yeah. It's cliche for a reason. Yeah. But you know, that's the hard part, right? Is And, and that's what I went through early on is that I didn't want to believe um, you know, the, uh, the old added, the cliches, the adages of, you know, the trend is your friend until it bends. Um, and so that's why I went down that rabbit hole with trying to sell options is it's like, well, this is the new way the market works. Well, not really. I mean, the market is people and it's the same people that were there for Jesse Livermore as there are for Ryan Pierpont. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of the same thing here. Yeah. The trend is the most powerful thing in the market. Uh, the trend is, the trend is your friend. If you catch a good trend, Try and ride it for all it's worth. <laughs> no doubt, dude. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll finish with this section here and it's man, Ryan, I could go at like days with you. I really, really like talking to you, man. You're a lot of fun to talk to you. You said something and uh, I wrote it down. It was the very first thing I wrote down. Cause I thought it was so impactful. This was on your interview with Richard Moglin, your second interview with him. Um, successful trading is when the more bored you are, that's when you know you're doing it well. And one of my favorite quotes, it's literally a quote that I just asked my um, one of my assistants the other day to put on a t-shirt that I want to wear and give to people. And maybe I'll send one to you now <laughs> is uh, rules are boring, but rules make you money. Exactly. Tell me what, what your thoughts are about that. Yeah, I. Um, it just goes back to learning from my early mistakes. I was trading all the time and trading all the time unless you have an incredibly high accuracy, it doesn't end well. Uh, <laughs> every, every strategy has an off season and, you know, Dan always ingrained in our head that, Hey, the market will put in a couple good moves on average per year. Rarely does it go up the entire year. Like it kind of has some of the last couple of years, but um, you really just have to have that self-awareness that, Hey, my strategy is not going to work all the time. And I really just need to, just take advantage of the good times when they come. And that's when you make your money. And when it gets choppy, kind of like it is now, why bother fighting for pennies? So that's kind of like what I realized is like, why bother? Like even last year I was doing dumb things. And after you know, a while you're like, why bother? Cause you think you have, you, you just get so excited. Like I'm very passionate about this. You get so excited. You have the right intentions, but then you think you can catch every sort of little swing and it just ends, like I said earlier, it just end action buys end in regret and, and really sitting and waiting for the, the big meat on the bone type of setups. Um, that's really where the money is made and they don't show up all the time. And, 
and sitting again is the hardest thing is for me, it's the hardest thing. I always want to get antsy and, and do things. But um, when you kind of sit and avoid all the choppiness for three, four five months, however long it lasts, let everybody else beat themselves up. And then mm. you come away unscathed and your equity curve is still kind of intact, trending in the right direction. And then you wait again. And that's where I really try to now like not even look at the screens. If there's no setups for my you know homework the night before, go spend more time with your family, go find new hobbies, uh, <laughs> do things to kind of pass the time. Cause if you're bored <laughs> and you want to be unbored by buying more things, that's not usually a good, I mean, maybe sometimes it'll work, but usually it ends in uh, bad news, but at least for me, but it's, it's true. You, you, the tortoise and the hare analogy I'd like to use. And the, the more you just sit and stock, that's when your confidence remains intact and you know, you're, you're just kind of following your plan. And, and I, I'm still not quite there yet, but I'm, I'm striving to. And like I said, I really want to trade a lot less. And I think that will kind of help with my accuracy too. Um, stop dilly dallying with many, many small setups. And <laughs> so it's, it's, you know, you, you figure it out over time. I think when you're starting out, you want action and it's exciting and you want to get rich quick, but you know, getting wealthy is, it's a long process. It takes years and decades and you gotta, you gotta live to see another day. You gotta live to fight another day. You can't, you can't lose a bulk of your, Cap, you can't lose like half your account and then you got to get a hundred percent gain just to get back to break even. And it's just a demoralizing thing. And <laughs> you just have to really just stay positive and, and, and staying out of the market, I think helps me remain positive. It helps me remain calm. Mm -hmm. Most of the time you're not missing much. Yes. You want to take advantage of the trends when they do come, but you'll know when they come, like right now, it's pretty easy to see. If you look at if you're a technical person, you look at the charts, you're like, there's, there's very little, setups outside of maybe energy or, or whatnot, but um, you just really have to sit and, and just tell yourself, Hey, I know there's that little devil trying to like mm -hmm. get me to do the bad things, but you just ignore them and, and stop looking at maybe an interday chart. Maybe look at a weekly chart. Um, look at a daily chart. Is there a setup on the daily chart? Maybe there's one on the hourly, but who cares if it's, the daily is not set up yet. Just really wait and get rid of that FOMO. FOMO is real. People, think they're going to miss something because they have one gap up one morning after a couple down days and then the gap up they buy it right they open the gap down gets faded and then they mm -hmm. lose money and so instead of waiting for things to set up and maybe maybe you want to wait for an earnings report to come out for the company in like two weeks but you're you don't want to wait you're like trying to play little ranges in between and it's like no just wait for the report to come out even if it gaps up huge who cares you can still find some sort of tight set up after a couple of days of consolidation or something. So anyhow, I, I just feel that doing like more stocking is, is going to help you and not more buying of, of yeah. random things. So, you know, one of uh, Mark Minervini had a tweet one day and I saved it and I use it all the time. So in, in my trading room, I have a trading group and um, every day I go through the process top to bottom, you know, is there a setup today? If not, we stop at this point, there's nothing to do. And, you know, people come in, and they're like, oh, he's not doing anything. It's a scam. I'm out of here. And it's like, no, this is strategic, bro. Just hold tight. <laughs> like, enjoy your cash while you have it. Okay. And uh, one of Mark's quotes that, that I bring up constantly is, um, if there are no setups, you wait in cash. How long? As long as it takes. Exactly. And it's like, I, I will wait 
until the very end. And then it's like, oh, hey, there it is. <laughs> you just go for it. You know, I remember when I was going through my option years in the beginning and I was part of that service there would be times where they didn't send anything for like a week or two. And I would send them an email, like demanding that they sent. Them. I was like, hey, hello, I'm just making sure that like my email is still in your database. Are you going to mm-hmm. send me something? Could you just want to do something all the time? And I was so naive. And, and you learn these things over time. You get beat up enough. Then uh, yeah. you'll get to that uncle point. <laughs> you want to turn yeah. the corner. <laughs> Without a doubt. So Ryan, do you have like a book or a website or anything that I could send people to, to, to kind of learn more about you and what you do? Yeah, so I, I joined the dark side of Twitter uh, back in December, and and I I'm, I'm a big believer in helping people and, and giving back, and and I was so grateful, you know, to my mentors, you know, kind of taking me under their wing and teaching me how to fish for myself, and and I think that's key. You know, you ultimately want to get to a point where you can have the confidence to go out on your own, and you don't need help from anybody else, and, yeah. and you're you're really confident in your in your strategy and whatever that is. There's no right or wrong in the market. Some people will completely disagree with what I do. Some other people may have another different way of doing it at the end of the day, whatever makes you money. But anyhow, I, I love giving back and, and I want to see everybody do well. And I'm again, grateful that, you know, Dan and Randy kind of took me under their wing and I'm grateful that O'Neill wrote his book and there's so many other great books They're great foundations. And, and I, you know, any sort of help I can give to people that are struggling, I know exactly what it's like to be a struggling trader. And, and even at this point, there's still periods of the year where I struggle and, and no one's immune to that. And you just have to snap yourself out of it quicker than other people maybe. And um, so Twitter's a good spot, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to help. And I hope everybody does really well and just never give up. I, that's just, I see, I say it all the time, but no matter how grim life is, there's always a brighter day coming and, and uh, good times are, followed by bad, but then the good times come again. You just have to, to wait and, and be patient. And in the meantime, study, 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 go back, study past winners. What do they look like? Uh, that's really where you kind of turn the corner to. I, I remember the first time I really said, I've got this was, you know, you do all the work, look at books, all the historical patterns. You go back and look at, oh, this is exactly the same pattern that blah, blah, blah company had in like 1974. <laughs> and then you see it in real time with some other company and then you, you buy it and it does exactly kind of the same type of thing that the other stock did. And it starts to work. You're like, holy smokes, all that work, those countless hours over the last year or two are starting to pay off. And it's just the greatest feeling. Um, and so that's all you need is like one little breakthrough here or there to get you going. You don't need some monumental, like massive winner. Uh, like some grand slam home run to get you in the right mood and to kind of keep grinding. It's all you need is like little wins here or there um, to keep you motivated and, and going. I use the golf analogy, you know, with Richard, I sucked at golf forever, but I really wanted to get better and better. I was watching YouTube videos and, and you, you could shank 99 of your 100 balls in the driving range, but you just crush that one. It's just that one ball that, that you just absolutely hammer and you're like, yes, it's starting to pay off. I'm less sucky now. <laughs> yes. But that's exactly the same as the Mario analogy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just never give up. It's, it's almost, I don't want to say it's like expect to not do well your first couple of years, you I mean, it, but it's, it's, you should just go in with that mindset. Yeah. Don't trade a lot, maybe learn and just watch things like it, it, it takes time and, and don't put too much of your capital uh, especially in this type of market at once, do more studying and, and, uh, you'll, it'll come around. You, maybe some people pick it up, uh, sooner than others. There's so much 
content out there now and people have zero excuses to do well. <laughs> um, it's like information overload. You have to kind of yeah. find the, like weed out the information that doesn't jive with you. Maybe your personality is like, Hey, I don't want to listen to this guy. People are probably saying that about me. Like, I don't want this. I don't like what this guy's doing. It's, you know, I'm more of a long-term person or whatever, or day trader. And that's completely fine. Um, just find whatever kind of molds your style and, and just, just go for it and just tune out the noise. Don't let people tell you, you can't do it because you can, and just goes for anything in life. Well, so. you know, you mentioned just a second ago, there's no reason not to be successful. And I completely agree. I don't think you or I went to school for trading, but <laughs> no, here we they are. Don't teach you, <laughs> yeah. They don't teach you anything. And most schools, no. especially in college, like, yeah, you can throw all your textbooks out the window. <laughs> it's a completely yeah, different sure. education you have to learn after college. <laughs> but you know, um, g- going back to that, right? There is no excuse to not be successful, but you've got to find the right people, right? Like imagine a decade or not a decade, a century ago, you know, they would not have had these opportunities, right? They would not have been able to interview Jesse Livermore face to face, pick his brains, talk to him, ask him what he's doing, what he's not doing, how he learned. But I mean, we're beyond blessed. Like somebody could get Elon Musk on a podcast and it would be equivalent to having Henry Ford and interviewing him, right? So. I am so grateful to be able to talk to amazing traders like you and, and all the other guests that we've had on. And, and Ryan, I sincerely appreciate uh, the opportunity to, to chat with you, man. This is, you are a great uh, interviewee. I really think that you've got so much content out there. I think we just like, like uh, cracked open the, the can right there and, and there's, you know, 12 ounces still left to go. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. You're, you're too kind. And I I'm honored you had me on. I, I'm, I'm happy to talk whenever you like. I, I can ramble. I'm, I'm a professional rambler and mumbler. Like I said earlier, I can talk for days about this stuff. I love this more than anything. So uh, it's been a pleasure. You know, I, I, I know exactly what you mean. I've done like 600 uh, podcasts at this point. And it's like, I, I can't believe people still want to listen to me talk about, you know, the same thing, but I could talk about it all day. <laughs> well, Ryan, thank you so much for your time, man. I would love to have you back on in the future. And, uh, you know, best of luck trading. Are you in the uh, 2022 uh, investing championship? No, I told Richard I'm going to take the year off because I've got so much stuff going on in my life. I've got two young kids and, you know, we're just busy with a million things. I said, it's one less thing to worry about. But <laughs> yeah, that makes take, sense. Take, take, take some time off, decompress, because it has a little bit of stress, like not a ton, but um, you know, you're constantly like thinking about it. And so it's just good to kind of uh, take, take a, take it easy for a year and maybe I'll do it again. Following well, year. you definitely have earned your break. So you did great. <laughs> thank well, you. thank you so much, Ryan. And thank you guys for tuning into today's how to trade stocks and options podcast. Make sure you like subscribe and enable notifications. That way you never miss any of the tools, tips, and tricks we upload every single week to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And I'll see you in the next episode. Okay. So what'd you think? That was pretty incredible, right? I have three special free gifts for you over at 10 minutestocktradercom That's the triple stock profits ebook you can get for free. That's a bullish power cheat sheet that you can get for free. And if that wasn't enough at the brand new web class, how to easily discover proven backtested 100% plus winners, that is for free as well. You can get these three free gifts, all yours at 10minutestocktrader.com. The triple stock profits ebook, the free web class, and the bullish power cheat sheet. And all you gotta do is go to 10minutestocktrader.com. Hey, if you like this video, let me know by leaving me a like below and then subscribe and share it with somebody you think could use it as well. Be sure to comment below with your biggest takeaway from this episode and any suggestions you have for future episodes. 
And finally, make sure you watch these other videos to help you trade faster and trade smarter, and I'll see you on the next episode.